Welcome to the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. A little programming note up front. We probably won't have an episode next week unless something major drops, and even then we might not unless it can be worked out. So we'll probably be, it's probably be the last episode for two weeks. But we have a little bit of news to get into today. Deadline has seemingly confirmed Variety's reports that Robert Pattinson has been cast as Batman. I mean, it's it's depending on how you want to get into reporters' news. Uh, Variety says it was done a couple weeks ago. Now Deadline is saying it wasn't decided until yesterday. I don't really know. I'm, I'm kind of just waiting for a press release from WB at this point. But it sounds like now Deadline is on board saying that Robert Pattinson will be Batman. They're saying negotiation should be underway with an announcement soon. They say that WB wanted Pattinson and Nicholas Holt on tape, which they did yesterday, and they finally approved of Matt Reeves' top choice of Pattinson. So it seems it's all but official. Robert Pattinson is going to be the new Batman, and by the time you hear this, he might already be confirmed for all we know. Yeah, we were, I mean, like, we. this is, like, what, 30 minutes before we recorded? I think this this deadline article came out, or, or pretty close to that. This, like, it's been kind of moving around. So like you said, probably... As soon as we stop recording, they will have, have an official announcement or something. But yeah, they said basically that everybody that they've talked to says it's a done deal and it's just like hammering out the details of the negotiation. But yeah, this all, it makes sense. Um, and no big surprises. Like we knew that Nicholas Holt was in the, the running. It, it's kind of cool that they, they went as far to like have screen tests and they talked about like getting costumes and everything out to, cause they were really, really wanting to be sure that they were getting the right person. So I'm, I'm glad that they're, they're putting that much thought and time into to making sure they get the right, right guy to do this. Yeah. I'm guessing Matt Reeves decided a while back that he yeah. wanted Pattinson and WB just wanted to do their due diligence, see everybody and in costume, make sure, you know, background checks, all that kind of things, which I have no problem with. And I'm glad Reeves is getting his top choice. And I, yeah, we, we talked about this before, but I think Pattinson will make a great Bruce Wayne and Batman. And um, I don't have any problems really with this choice. Yeah, me either. Other things from the deadline article, it's kind of, I, I don't know if this was an article that was kind of rushed out. It seemed parts of it's poorly written and not to to make fun of it, at least the first draft, the draft of it I read. So I, I can't really understand what it's saying. It's not very clear, but Deadline described the Batman as, quote, the trilogy of films that Matt Reeves will direct later this year. Yeah, and they they also like just have offhandedly, obviously there will be two more films as well as part of the contract, like just kind of during that. Right. Like you said, it's it was all kind of worded a little confusingly, which makes sense because like they got this first and they wanted to get it out first. I'm sure they'll, they will redo the article once they have time. But yeah, um, trilogy of films that. i should check uh, that right now but yeah it almost makes it sound like they're going to film the trilogy they're going to start filming the trilogy where i'm i mean we were all assuming it would be matt reeves just talked about wanting to do a trilogy but we assumed it would be one at a time exactly that would explain a lot though why it's taken him longer for mm-hmm. to get this going i i'm sure he's plotted out a trilogy of films but i don't think he's going to to film them all at once i think that would be kind of cool if he did but i don't think that's going to happen yeah, that would be really ambitious to try to do them all at the same time. But, you know, if he has uh, a really, like, strong, unique vision of, they, they mentioned in here, like, wanting to get the formative years of Batman. So if he really, really wants the actor to look exactly the same age in all three films instead of, you know, at, at this age, you're not going to look that different with a couple years between. It's not like child actors, but still, if you really wanted to do it instead of taking six, seven, eight years to... Re- to do these three films, get them all done at once. But that being said, I think that that's a pretty hard sell to to put the amount of money in to film three movies mm-hmm. at the same time before seeing the reaction to the first one. I, I don't think that's going to happen. 
Yeah, it's been done before, but I I don't expect that. Although I kind of wish they would do more things like that when it makes sense. When you've got a director like Matt Reeves, let's do a trilogy and then Pattinson can go do other things for five years and then maybe come back for an older Bruce Wayne trilogy and then go away for a while. Or I, you know, I mean, that's just uh, not likely to happen, but something I would like to see. And the other things from this article to file under the not quite sure, not 100% clear what they're saying here, but it said, quote, this film will in no way carry on the work that Ben Affleck did as the older Batman in Batman versus Superman and Justice League, end quote. So we knew, obviously, this is a younger Batman. This isn't going to be like the day after Justice League uh, we see Bruce Wayne. But this seems to imply like this, it doesn't quite say it could be a total reboot, but uh, it, it almost implies that that could be the case. Yeah, and... Again, like it's kind of hard because it when you're saying quote, that's like just a quote from the article. Like it's right. I can't tell if that's editorializing from mm-hmm. from deadlines point of view or if that's like info they've gotten from them. Um, but yeah, like you said, I I don't even know if I don't think they'll ever officially say probably like this is a reboot or this doesn't have anything to do with it. I think they'll just let the story stand on its own, or at least I think that's what they should do. Like you don't need to to come out and definitively say one way or the other, and you don't need to like explicitly put in the film to make sure that you know like this is a completely different batman is no way connected to the older batman you've already seen i just think just go ahead and tell your story the way you want to tell it and don't don't worry about it that much yeah i don't think they will say until they have to really uh one way or the other um i guess if there's no justice league films or crossovers or anything like that in development then it doesn't really matter if it's in the same universe i suppose i would still still prefer that it were but um, I guess it it doesn't matter from that perspective. But I'm I'm sure Matt Reeves is completely doing his own thing. He's not worrying about well in BVS there was a burnt down Wayne Manor, so at some point in my trilogy I need to address that. I don't think he's thinking that at all. He's doing 100% whatever he feels like doing, and uh, however it may or may not fit into another universe. As much as I'd like to see you know a thriving Batman fil- film franchise as part of a Justice League franchise with all those other characters. I don't think that's a priority for WB at all, as we've talked about numerous times before. Yeah. And basically, to me, this more more than signaling like we're going to try to make it super different or like make sure you know that it's not the same Batman. It's more like the other way of just saying we're not going to or they don't want to force it the other way and like make it tie in really tightly, like you said, and like show flashbacks to Ben Affleck as Batman or flash forwards, I guess it would be in this point or something like that. They're not going to not going to mm-hmm. tie it super close to it. Right. The only, yeah. And and so I guess in your head canon, it could be part of the same universe unless yeah. they're doing it in present day yeah. and saying, you know, that this is a, a Batman who's only been on the job for a few years. You could have conflicting stuff there, but I don't know that anybody's worried about continuity in the, in the WB offices. Uh, there was an update from Umberto Gonzalez yesterday who said that Holt and Pattinson were screen testing, which I guess deadline confirmed today, including the bat suit. Testing in the bat suit, which is just crazy expen- how expensive they are. They had to Holt and Pattinson are like different builds, so you have to make a, one for each of them. I just think that's kind of crazy. Um, but he's saying that it will start production in quarter one of 2020. So we've seen it go that way. We've pushed from fall of 2019 to early 2020. I would hope that maybe like, I'm sorry you didn't get the job, Nicholas Holt, but here you can keep your bat suit that we custom made for you as like a, <laughs> a second place prize. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not that's not a that's not a bad thing. I'm hoping he shows up as a villain somewhere. Uh, yeah. And if he's that close to clearly Reeves and WB likes him, I think it would make sense for any number of Batman villains. And that's happened before in 
comic book movies where someone tests for a lead and then ends up playing a villain. Yeah, and it would be cool. I like I like him as an actor, so hopefully, yeah, they can they can use him in something in the future. Moving on, uh, some New Gods news. So, comic book writer Tom King is going to co-write the screenplay for the New Gods movie with director Ava DuVernay, according to the rap, um, and then also confirmed by DuVernay herself. Like she took a selfie with him and said, "Hey, are you ready to write New Gods?" So it is very very official. Yeah, absolutely. So King, he's written some really critically acclaimed work i know some people have been a little split on his batman run and things like that but i've seen mostly positive stuff about him and i've liked i've mostly liked what i've read i think i've only read the omega men and mr miracle from him and i know a lot of people love mr miracle i'm not as big on big of a fan as that as most people uh, but it does he does touch on the fourth world characters the new gods in there it's obviously focused on mr miracle and big barda so um it is a is a pretty good comic that would make no sense or isn't what I would want to see in a New Gods movie. Uh, it's a totally different thing from that. So I've never seen any of his work that is the cosmic space ep- epic that you would expect the New Gods movie to be, but we have no idea what direction they're going with this New Gods movie, if it will be Jack Kirby's New Gods comics, or if it will be something like small Mr. Miracle and Big Barda on Earth, something like that. I'm really hoping for it to be set basically entirely on new Genesis and Apocalypse, but we have no idea what they're going to be what they're doing with this we don't have any kind of idea where they're going with new gods but yeah. they've both expressed their love of jack kirby's original stuff and that's what i hope to see yeah they're both they've both made it clear like you said that they they like jack kirby stuff they've read it they they get it and um i i wasn't sure has tom king done any screenplays do you know or like worked on that i don't think i believe i, I couldn't find anything he doesn't have any screenplay credits i believe he was developing or pitching a tv show at one point i don't i couldn't find any confirmation on that so i'm not 100 percent sure on that but i don't think he has any credited screenplays okay so yeah that would i make sense then like so i, I would assume maybe the relationship would be with if co-writing like ava duvernay obviously has experience with screenplays she's written quite a few of the movies that she's worked on and so maybe she would be handling like this is how a screenplay works and tom king would be more like i know these characters really deeply or this would be a cool story to tell with this character so Hopefully they can strike some sort of balance like that. Yeah, they're both really talented people, obviously. Um, neither of them have done, you know, King hasn't done a film. DuVernay's never written anything, a science fiction epic like this. So it's definitely a different skill set. But hopefully, you know, coming together, something excellent can come out of it. Yeah. yeah. And because, you know, in the comic book news, King's run on Batman is ending a little early. I don't know if this is why or this is related, but he's still doing other stuff for DC. He's doing a 12-part Batman Catwoman series that's going on and he's got other projects going on. He just finished the heroes in crisis and, and that kind of stuff. So he's still doing other DC stuff while also working on this screenplay, which he has teased back a couple months ago, talking about Hollywood meetings. So this has probably been in the works for at least a little bit of time. Yeah. He, he teased on Twitter with the, just a, a random picture with a quote that there came a time when the old gods died. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is, I am a pretty big, New Gods fan. Uh, outside of Superman and the main Justice League stuff, that's my favorite part of the DC universe. And that is right from issue one from Jack Kirby's New Gods. The very first line, came and die him when the old gods died. I get goosebumps just reading it because it just sets up something awesome. Yeah, which is cool. Like going back to the, the really original New Gods stuff, because like you said, that I think that's the most interesting um, path they could take or kind of worlds that they could play in on film. So hopefully that's where they're going. Absolutely. So DuVernay was first reported to be attached to the film March 15th, 2018. So it's been a little bit over a year. 
uh, and we haven't had a ton of news on the front. Uh, so this is this is really cool. This is a really big development, and I'm I'm glad that we're getting more information about this project. Cario yeah, Salem was attached when that first came out to be coming up with this story, but we hadn't heard anything else about it. Uh, and Duvernay has been busy with her Netflix miniseries When They See Us, but that has just released. So I don't think she has anything else going on. So her schedule should be clear to really start focusing on new guides and getting this going. Yeah. On to the Suicide Squad. It looks like another actor might be confirmed for returning, although not confirmed. Uh, Joel Kinnaman, who played Rick Flagg in the first film, shared a, a picture on Instagram. He was at a shooting range, and he said, easing into that squad prep. So I'm assuming that means he's doing some training, getting ready for the Suicide Squad. Yeah, this is cool. Uh, his character was, I don't know, he didn't like stand out crazy to me. And I think you could replace him with any sort of, you know, kind of generic military character, which is is not nice for me to say. So I I guess I'm ambivalent at best that he's coming back. It's not a huge, I wouldn't be really upset if he didn't come back. And I'm not like over the moon that he is coming back. So I'm glad he is coming back. Uh, again, not, not my favorite character from the first film, but Rick Flagg is important to the Suicide yeah. Squad, and you need some kind of connection to the military, and so I'd rather have him back than introduce a new random military character who is new. Yeah. Uh, we also got our first trailer for The Kitchen uh, and a first poster as well, so we get a really good, nice long look of the, the whole world and kind of atmosphere of 1970s New York and Irish mob. So uh, you watch this, Tom, what'd you think? I really like it from the poster and the trailer. I really, really like this trailer. And it shows that 70s setting that they're going with, uh, that style they're going for to establish it. I think everything from it looks really good. Yeah, it looks really good. It it was interesting when the casting was coming out about all of the the comedians that they were hiring to have the lead roles. And it it seems just from this, like we haven't seen a ton of it, but it it looks like they're doing a really good job in these dramatic, serious roles. And then there's a couple like lighthearted moments and they, it seems like they're played well. That's not like crazy over the top riffing for 10 minutes. It doesn't seem like it seems like a, a natural kind of funny thing that would happen in this somewhat dark, but funny situation that they find themselves in. Yeah. They have the one counting the money joke at the end, yeah. but the, the otherwise it looks like a awesome, serious crime drama that I want to see. The actresses, Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss, the three leads, they look like they're, they're going to bring their a game to this. Uh, we get references to the, to the main comic book storyline that they're adapting like the general premise of it there's an irish mob these three women's husbands get put in prison and they sort of take over the business and you can see even from this trailer you see how they go from having no idea what to do to really starting to enjoy it mm -hmm. and take over and i love the music choice uh hopefully we get a cool 70s soundtrack to come with this but yeah i really enjoyed this trailer and i thought it looked great and i'm looking forward to it yeah, one of the things about this movie that I hope, even like in a small way, it has impact is like get people interested in comics that don't like superheroes. Like obviously, you and I really like superheroes, and but there's also a ton of other comics that don't have anything to do do with that that just have normal people, unpowered people, just telling really interesting stories. And they featured really heavily at the trailer, like in pretty big print, based on the DC Vertigo comic, The Kitchen. And so hopefully, people see that and like. Maybe one in every a thousand people see that like this and be like, huh, I didn't know the comic books could be like that. Maybe I should check that out. So I don't know. That would just be cool if some people got into comics that way. Yeah, I don't know if that works, if anybody got into comics from the you know, history of violence or yeah. those kind of movies. But um, <laughs> yeah, it is It is something we we always 
don't get to talk about as much. There are a lot of cool comic books, characters and worlds and stories that have nothing to do with superheroes. And this looks like it could be a really good adaptation of one. And that's coming up soon. It releases August 9th of this year. So this is probably the only trailer for it, I'm guessing. There'll be TV spots and stuff, but probably just one trailer. Yeah, I'm really excited to see this, to see the the atmosphere of the 1970s. It's got good music in the in the trailer already, so I'm assuming it'll have a good soundtrack. And yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how these these uh, actresses handle their roles. But it looks like it's going to be really good. We also got our final trailer for Swamp Thing, uh, which is has been kind of the first one that's really told like a lot of or showed a lot a lot of the story. And I was surprised like how much stuff we saw in this trailer that we hadn't seen at all but it also makes sense because the the first episode is now available so they probably didn't want to spoil some stuff Um, but yeah there's still lots of horror shots and jump scares but this has a lot more of like kind of world town building whatever you want to call it and character setup yeah absolutely more of the story i I like this i'm looking forward to finally checking out swamp thing and it always bugs me that dc universe releases the trailer the week of when i don't want to see any new right. footage i want to wait for it that they put something out so i'm not going to have any heavy analysis into this but it does look good um cool cool look at swamp thing at the end how they portray him as a as a monster kind of creeping out in the shadows and how terrifying that swamp thing would be if you ran into him so i i liked what i see yeah well i I like what I see. I'm interested in what I see, but I also don't like what I see because some of it is gross and scary. But that's that's kind of the point. <laughs> scared. You got to watch it with the lights on, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and last up is a little bit of Crisis on Infinite Earths news. So maybe spoilers if you're not caught up with the past season of Arrow. But Stephen Amell was asked about it at MCM London Comic Con and had a little bit to say about Crisis. He said, Crisis on Infinite Earths begins before the crossover. It begins before the crossover. That makes sense, right? Think about it for a second. Crisis on Infinite Earths basically begin, began at the end of Season 7 of Arrow, and it's not going to stop until it's over. That is what he said about it. And that's a really cool point. I'm guessing, well, Stephen, uh, Oliver Queen's whole story basically going forward has to be related to Crisis on Infinite Earths even before the crossover because uh, the Monitor probably showed up because it's starting, which just is crazy to think that there are probably universes being destroyed consumed by the anti-monitor as we speak right now like going forward from the end of arrow season seven until the crossover in december there there's just universes being destroyed it kind of makes it hard to focus on whatever all those other short <laughs> stories yeah. are in the meantime because i'm just thinking of all of those worlds being destroyed yeah when we we first started getting like some more details about crisis or about this crossover the crisis on infinite earths we talked about how like we hoped uh it would affect the other shows or be a long running storyline up to it. And so especially on arrow, it seems like it's going to be the storyline and leading up all the way to the crossover. And like you said, it, it does, it is like a weird spot to be in. Like this is such a huge, big thing that's coming that, and you know, it's coming that it makes it a little hard. Like it makes some of the things on the other shows seem a bit trite or like small or petty or whatever. But uh, so I hope that there's some hints or just like background things that you can catch about this um they've already they've done stuff you know like on flash to move up things and change things maybe a little bit to make make this come a little sooner so hopefully we see little nods to it like that in some of the other shows yeah and i would be fine with treating this like a comic book crossover event so you've got the main five episode crisis on infinite storyline but before that maybe an episode or two before on the individual shows before they all team up in crisis on infinite maybe they realize things are going weird with the multiverse, maybe different characters show up out of out of time or out of space, out of their universe. Weird things start happening where 
you can have one to two episodes that are tie-ins to Crisis on Infinite Earths, but they don't impact. They just kind of lead into the main story, so the Crisis on Infinite Earths can still be standalone for people who don't watch everything. I would, I would love to see it treated that way. Yeah, that would be really cool. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a couple weeks.